the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. Did you know that not, not, not every good deed that we do is qualified by God? It has to be qualified by God. God has parameters. We, we, we can't do good things just because we know they're good, just because we think they're good, just because everybody says they're good. This has to be ratified by the Spirit of God. Let me give you a text in uh, James chapter 1, verses 26 to 27. I want you to pay attention to this, to this word this morning. James writes, Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. What do you think that means? It means only one thing. You can do a lot of good things and you can brag about how religious you are, but if there's no transformation and transition in the heart, the, word, the religion is worthless. Okay? Then he continues, 27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Okay, you, know, if you, you need to underline that this morning. It seems to suggest that God is looking for acceptable types of religion or, or good deeds. One that is pure and faultless. So if we are religious, but we have not been transformed in our hearts and transitioned in our focus by the Spirit, our religion, our good deeds do not qualify in the sight of God. Acceptable religiosity is not just about doing good things to others. It's about doing the right things because you had been transformed by the Spirit of God through the Word through the word of Christ, the moment you and I believe and take the steps to change in our direction, in the direction of the Lord. The Lord will transform us and transition us. And, and, and that's why it's so important to be transformed in the heart when we, when we do these things that we do. Because it's what glorifies God. What glorifies God are good deeds born out of a transformed and transitioned heart. I, I, I don't know if, 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 if you're understanding it, but not all good deeds qualify. Only good deeds by those whose hearts and minds have been transformed and transitioned by God. Why is that important? Because pagans can do good things. Atheists, can do moral things. 
skeptics, agnostics, go on and on. Everyone is capable of good deeds. But faith transforms the heart to follow after Jesus, to go after the things of God very hard. The difference is God is interested in His glory. And our good deeds cannot give Him glory unless it's born out of a transformed and transitioned heart. Transformation of the heart is necessary. God has to fill the heart with the counsel of His Word in order to transform us. Then our good deeds will be legitimate because it glorifies God. You cannot do something good at the expense of what God prohibits. How can we know? We cannot know that on our own. That's why we have ridiculous laws in our nation today that attempts to do the right thing but misled in the place where they're supposed to put that, that deed. You cannot do a good deed outside of God's Word. You can never do it because it's the Word that transforms the heart. It's the Word that the Spirit illuminates that transitions our minds towards heaven. To be made perfect, to be transformed, and to be transitioned in our thinking. How does this happen in my life, Pastor? That brings us to the second point. This happens when we are taught and trained in truth. Okay? So the first thing that happens is we are transformed in transition in our thinking. And how does that happen? When we are taught and trained in truth. Look at the verse again. It says, That, however, is not the way of life you have learned when you heard about Christ. You were taught in Him accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness, to be transformed and transitioned in our thinking as part of the process of perfection. We had to be teachable. We have to allow the Word of God to teach us. You know that when you put your faith in Jesus, what the thing that happens to you and I is we become teachable. The, the, the change in us, part of that big change is that we are now teachable. And where do you get that teaching? You get it in the church. Or you're just saying that because you're a pastor. No. Where else can you be trained in truth if not the church? Oh, pastor, I can pick up the Bible and study it myself. You can. But how are you going to apply it? How are you going to obey its commands? The church is the place where we are transforming our thinking by being taught the truth. This is where we learn to live and learn to die. Did you hear what I just said? It is the truth that teaches us how to live and how to die. Oftentimes, when we are at church, we have no problems being taught how to live. And I'm as guilty as that as any, as any pastor. You know, you want to be in a church where you're always, you know, getting pumped up, always getting encouraged. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. We need to encourage one another. But the, the truth is not about changing, it's not about teaching us how we live. It also teaches us how to die. The Bible teaches both. 
You know, we can't be one-sided on these things when it comes to being taught by the Spirit. We need to be taught how to live and how to die. Did you know that in order for us to live in the Bible, we need to die? Did you know the Bible speaks about dying, carrying our cross, dying to self? How can we live if we don't die? In the Christian worldview, death and life are the two sides of the same coin. Two sides of the same coin. You are being taught in this church how to live to glorify God, but you're also being taught how to die to yourself, how to die to the world. Why? Because this world is not your home. And the body and the flesh that you have, it's going to be transformed one day in glory. You're being prepared for eternity. I am being prepared for eternity. That's why, all, that's why these two things were being taught every day. We have to live by dying. And we have to die in order to live. So in the words of that great theologian, Paul McCartney, live and let die. The church is where we are taught that. This church will be no good if it only teaches you how to live, but doesn't teach you how to die. And I've heard it all. We are taught to live for Christ and to avoid the corruption of sin, to put on the new self. Those two things involve life and death, constantly being played out in our daily life. We are clearly taught as Christians that we are being made new every day, and the process of being made new every day means we die to some things every day. We die to fear, we die to gossip, we die to, oh, name it. It's an ongoing reality in the Christian's life. And at the same time, we are being taught how to walk in Christ. The tragedy is that many go for years and years and years as believers and never had the willingness to be taught how to praise God, but also to stop cursing. Been to many funerals where a person will praise God one day and started using profanity the next. Bothers me to no end. It's understandable when somebody cut you off the freeway and you let go one thing. But for us not to die to that and to honor Christ with our words, we've never been taught to praise God and to stop cursing, to worship God and to flee from idolatry. We never learned to pray. We've been taught how to pray, but never to actively advance the truth. You know, you need to make certain stands for God's glory as a Christian. Oh, yeah, we all pray. We all know how to pray. But at some point, you need to open your mouth and you have to tell, you have to tell people this is right and this is wrong. It's a process of living and dying. Oh, pastor, if I tell them the truth, I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to go and get in trouble. I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get all of these things happening to me. That's part of life. That's part of living and dying. That's part of the transitional and transformational process of the Christian life. It will involve suffering. The Christian life will. Just, just speak of the truth today and you will be labeled a racist, a hateful person. Just, just try to speak of your Christian conviction in our world today. And you will discover that unless you learn to die to the things of the world, 
you will perpetuate and I will perpetuate its, its thinking. Not that the church does not do it in, in, in many ways, but faith, but they are, they are not, you know, we need to be able to learn how to live that balanced Christian life. Not that the church does not do it, but many has false faith inside the church. They're not real in their desire to follow the Lord's word. How else can you know when you're a follower of Christ if you don't know both sides of truth? The fact of the matter is, the Scripture does teach us how to live, but it must teach us how to die. The Scripture never teaches us to walk our own way. The Bible doesn't encourage anybody to walk in our own way. I remember many years ago, I don't know if Larry and Joanna remembers this, but uh, by the way, happy birthday, Brother Larry. I don't know if they remember this, but we were coming back home from camp one day. And I think it was Larry who told me, Pastor, just lead the way and we'll follow you. <laughs> I felt good about that. You know. So we went on our cars. There's a convoy of cars and we're driving and all that. And we got stuck in traffic. All right, got stuck in traffic. I didn't know this, but I guess somebody kind of mapped or Googled or, or you know, a different way with less traffic. And they all uh, went and, and took the, uh, the way without traffic, without telling me. So they got home while I got stuck in traffic. Yeah. So I say thank you very much. That, that's not the way to follow. All right? That's not the way to follow. You don't follow, pastor, and then look for your own way. Right? In the same token... You don't say, I follow Jesus, but at the same time, you're Googling other ways to get around the, 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 the road to Calvary, the, the carrying of the cross, the, the suffering. That, that's not how it works in the Christian life. We want it to work that way. But listen, everybody. Yeah, there will be Calvaries and there will be Via Dolorosas. There will be, there will be crucifixions in the Christian world, but there will also be a coronation. And that's what we're shooting for. That's what we're looking at. Okay? We follow Jesus through thick and thin. In the previous verse in Ephesians chapter 4, 1, it says, As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of your calling. You have received, and that calling involves being worthy of the glory of Christ as well as the suffering of Christ. The word worthy there is the word axios, which carries the idea of someone walking on a tight rope, making sure that he has great balance. Okay, And I hate to say this, but a balanced Christian life is not always a walk in the park. A balanced Christian life will also uh, involve a walk in the bad neighborhoods of life. For every park, there are bad neighborhoods in the Christian walk. But that balances us. It teaches us to be true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need balance in all aspects of life and faith. We need to live a life that is honorable to God. Uh, here is where that completeness process is really taking place in our walk with Christ. I want you to jot this verse down. It's in 1 John chapter 1, verses 6 to 7. It says, If we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But... I, but 
If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. It's about walking in, in following Jesus and walking behind Jesus, walking after Jesus. You can tell a lot by a person's footprints. You can tell if a person has big feet or small feet. From a footprint, you can tell whether that footprint is of a child or an adult. From a footprint, you know whether a person has been on a mud or water or sand. You can tell if they're wearing shoes or they're barefooted. You can tell if they're tiptoeing or running. You can trace their starting point and their end point. The same is true with our Christian walk. We can tell a lot about how a person lives out his or her faith by the steps to perfection that they take. By how we walk. God is going to know, more importantly, people are going to know that we are being perfected. Transitioned and transformed in our thinking, teachability in truth. And thirdly, we are going to be, as part of the process of completion, we are going to be tested and tried in our testimony. Tested and tried in our testimony. Look at verse 25. Therefore, each of you must put up falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful for their own hand, with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Okay, the testimony, your testimony as a follower of Jesus and my testimony as a follower of Jesus is very important in the perfection process, in the completion process. Our testimony will always be tried and tested in this life. That's part of the journey towards perfection. We will always encounter testings and trials to our testimony because we represent the name of Jesus, and we also represent one another. The world is going to know that God is glorious by the way we testify about these things. You and I cannot show the love of Jesus to those outside the faith if we don't have a testimony of how we love Jesus and how we love the church. If the testimony of a changed life in Jesus is true, it is seen first in the church, not outside the church. So the church is also a good training ground for our testimony to be clear before the world. Now, there's an, a, non, a non-exhaustive list of the things that tests our testimony. Okay, five things, a couple of things, maybe not five, maybe four. In the area of lying, Paul writes, those of you who lie, do not lie anymore. The words that come out of our mouth is a big, big piece of what our testimony really looks like, okay? Lying. What is lying? Lying is intent to deceive. Now, that's an important definition. You know, uh, lying, uh, you can lie without knowing it, okay? If I tell you it's 12 o'clock, but my watch is wrong and I didn't know it, but it's also only 10 o'clock, I lied to you, but I had no intention of deceiving you because I didn't know 
And then there are times when, uh, but there are times when we lie truly to take advantage of other people or to bail ourselves out. You can tell the truth and still lie. Did you know that? You and I can tell the truth and still lie. How do I know that? Because the devil did that to Adam and Eve. You know what the devil told Adam and Eve? God told Adam and Eve, the moment you, will, you eat this uh, fruit of this tree, you will have knowledge of good and evil. That's what God said. And the devil repeated that. Oh, when you eat this fruit, you're going to have knowledge of good and evil. Okay? The difference is God told them the truth with the intention of giving them life, with the intention of blessing them. The devil told the same truth with the intention of destroying their life. Okay? So the Bible tells us to, to speak the truth with, with love so that we are built up. Secondly, anger. Anger is a big tale telltale sign of our testimony. To get angry is not a sin. After all, God gets angry too. He gets angry for the right reason, though. But for us, it's hard to get angry without sinning. Can I hear an amen? It's hard to sin. Uh, It's hard to get angry without sinning because we live in the fallen world. So it's an important thing. We are all tainted with sin. And the Bible didn't say that you can't be angry. The Bible says you can be angry, just do not sin. And how did you know that your sin of anger is, is the bad sin? It's because it destroys. It destroys. It causes sin. It causes anger to be blown up into sin. And then there's stealing. Stealing means we exercise giving. Uh, we don't exercise giving as part of worship. The Bible says that if we don't give, we steal from God. And of course, corrupt speech is a big part of our testimony. Not only about the lying, but also about being corrupt. The Bible says, let your speech Always be filled with grace so that you can minister grace with other people. It's so important in our testimony that our speech will not be corrupted. The heart is only about 12 inches away from the mouth. Okay, it's about a foot away from the mouth. What's in your heart travels quick in your mouth. It's lightning speed. So if you don't take care of the heart Whatever anger or bitterness or darkness is in the heart, it's going to spill out because the distance between the heart and the mouth is only 12 inches. And many of you, you even skip the heart. You travel, you know when you, when you hurt your toe, right? What comes out of your mouth? Shoot. It, it shows us. No rocket science. Corrupt speech. The heart will spill out of the mouth our testimony and mine because it's, it, it has an impact in what's going on in your heart. And finally, bitterness. What is bitterness? Settled hatred. That's what bitterness is. You settle that hatred in your heart. You, no one's going to touch it. It's settled. It's done. I am bitter. Let me add a fourth one. 
We are totally transparent in our trustworthiness. We know that we are being completed, being made perfect when we become totally transparent and trustworthy in how we serve God. Verse, finally, verse 29, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that, that it may benefit those who listen. This is ministry now, folks, okay? This is ministry. Part of being transitioned and transformed, part of being perfected has to do with how we serve and the trustworthiness and transparency of how we serve others. The first part of verse 29 says, we do not let any wholesome talk because uh, this damages our service to the body of Christ. But verse 30 says, and do not give the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. This is where we minister to God. So there are two ministries going on here. Our ministry to God, going, glorifying His name and advancing His kingdom, and also ministry to others so that we can be part of the family of God. The process of perfection and completion involves serving and ministering to God and ministering to people. I think we will be judged and we will be given our crown in heaven on the basis of those two things. Ministry to God and ministry to people. Can we really attain perfection right here on earth? The answer is no. But in Christ Jesus, we are on our way. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 10.30 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.